Today on the Basketball Manitoba podcast, we have Joe DeCurzio. Joe has been part of the Basketball Manitoba community for almost 50 years. He's coached at various levels throughout his years and is currently the head coach of the Canadian Mennonite University Women's Program, where he led the Blazers to a three-peat in the MCAC Women's Basketball Championships in 2018, 2019, and 2020. He was an instrumental in the success of the annual Winnipeg Invitational Tournament hosted by Tech Vogue High School where he coached for nine years and led the team to four consecutive provincial championship victories and six consecutive finals appearances. Additionally, Joe operated and coached one of the first prominent women's clubs, the Winnipeg Internationals. He's coached at Red River College and the University of Winnipeg. Joe played, uh, Joe played high school at Churchill High School and then went on to play at Red River College. He's won Open Coach of the Year, he was president of Basketball Manitoba, and he also served as a board member for Canada Basketball. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Darcy. It's a pleasure. So uh, <laughs> before I uh, before I went live, I said, let me read my the bio to you. And I had that you coached uh, for over 40 years. And you're like, well, it's almost 50, almost 50 years in the game. Isn't it? It's kind of, uh, you know, freaky to sit here and think back. You're like, okay, I've been coaching for 50 years now. Yeah, it's very interesting that I never even thought about that until the other day and say, oh, I'm going to go on this podcast. I should think back how many years of coach I've coached because he might ask me. And then I realized, <laughs> yeah, it's almost 50 years. But as I was mentioning earlier, I'm not sure whether you can count last year. We practiced, but we never played a game. <laughs> well, I mean, but you were still coaching. Yes, I guess you're going to call it that. That's yeah, okay. You know, you're, st- you're still coaching, you know, like you can, you know, you although it's very unlikely that it takes place, you can coach without actually playing an official game so that's right that's right yeah no it's very true and actually to help a lot of the players uh, uh not only they got better but they also helped their mental uh same thing they felt a lot better about themselves they could actually go out and do something instead of mm-hmm. just being at home uh and doing nothing so it really was very valuable to the athletes uh, mentally physically skill wise everything so it was for great. sure for sure yeah it was a tough tough time for for everyone and i think like, you know, you take take that basketball away, but then still having the connection to do something um, yes. for sure, I'm sure was was big because everything was taken away. You know, like yes. a, lot, a lot. There were a lot of people who literally there. I mean, if you're a young athlete and, you know, you play basketball, it's not like you're working remotely. It's like, no, no, you just don't do anything. You just stay in your house. You know, and exactly. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. It's an interesting thing. Our, their activity besides Zoom was uh, taking our dogs for walks in the park. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. Right. The so, activity of the year last year for us. Yeah. Well, I, you know, a lot of people picked up walking. Yes. Like just just for fun, for leisure, and like I was one of them, and I now I do it all the time, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite things to do. I make sure I go for a walk every day. Yeah, yeah, no, I do that. I have a dog, so I have to do it all. <laughs> yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> dog will bother you if you don't do it. So, yeah. but um, yeah. so again, we started off. You know, you're yeah. almost fifty years. I guess if we count last year, yeah. it's probably fifty. Um, so, I, I mean, this might be a tough question for you to answer, but what was some of your first memories of basketball? Like when you know you started playing. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously more than 50 years ago because you've been coaching for 50 years. Do you do you remember your first memories in basketball? How did you get involved? Remember. Who introduced you? I do remember vividly, actually. I was in a, in a homeroom with Wally Shabatti. Uh, he was my <laughs> homeroom teacher. He ended up being my coach for a long time later. And so that was in grade seven, you know, uh, a very uh, young immigrant kid that didn't know much, just a soccer player. So uh, he said, hey, Joe, how would you like to be the manager of the team? 
he was okay. coach of the varsity team and actually a very famous celebrity, Bart Evans, who played in the CFL for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so he said, yeah, uh, I'll do it. You know, he was very kind and generous and to let me do it. And, you know, I could be late for class. No, I'm just kidding about that if I was a manager. <laughs> but no, he was very good. He got me introduced to the game. And then, you know, once you're in the game, you watch how much fun the guys are having, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how much fun the game is. And I started to enjoy it. And I started to practice it. And then the next year, uh, when I was uh, grade eight, I, I joined the team and uh, made the team, fortunately. So nice. that's, that got me going into playing basketball. So yeah, it's Wally Shabatti that got me uh, going into that for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. So, um, you know, I, I offline, I, I, I explained to you, I interviewed um, Coach Scott Martin, who you coached. And he also explained to me uh, that Wally Chabadi, uh, he coached him as well. And, uh, you know, my and I was explaining to him, like, well, you know, obviously I'm, 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 I'm younger and my only, you know, memory or understanding of Wally was when he was coaching with Grant Richter. Um, I obviously knew he would coach before. You know these things, but you don't know the story. And so it was very interesting to hear how influential he was um, he, he as, as a coach. Passion. Yeah. He, he had a passion for the game. Like sometimes he did v- things very uniquely, but he had a, a passion. It was always interesting too, because, you know, he would start the game usually, you know, with a three-piece suit, uh, you know, <laughs> hat and everything on. By the end of the game, he'd just be in his pants and uh, shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he really got involved in the game so it made it exciting yeah that's for yep. sure so <laughs> so coach martin was telling me that you know like you said he was, he was somewhat of a personality i think maybe that might be an understatement he was a person you know a personality and he said that he remembers people coming out to the games from the other schools and would be like i don't know if they were taunting him or cheering him on or both but you know he was a, he was a presence do you do you remember a lot of entertainment he provided more entertainment than the game i remember and the other thing was he would always throw his keys (laughs) and then we'd have to go find them and half the time the keys broke and then we had to go look for them individually so yeah like onto the court onto the court usually he would throw them at the bench (laughs) okay not in the court i I have to say that he never did anything like that he was okay okay uh he would always talking but he would never be uh bad on the officials i mean he would be on their case but he wouldn't be like mm-hmm. swearing mm-hmm. or anything like that but it just made it exciting like you throw his keys they break and then we'd all have to be next for after the game for half hour looking for his keys all of his keys yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so, so you know my the next question i had in line here was about mentors so I, I'm, I'm just gonna go out and assume that you know wally was one of your first basketball mentors well without a doubt and you know what he what he created in me was the passion especially the passion mm-hmm. for the game because he loved the game and he would you know, go out of his way. He would, you know, cause he had a couple of business and stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, but he would never miss a practice or ever be late. And he wanted you, he'd be out there all the time, spending time be in the mornings, you know, seven 38 o'clock in the mornings or mm-hmm. after school, if you wanted to work on your game, he'd be there for you. So yes, definitely that he definitely brought that on. And he, he and we played a very good game. Like it was, it was fun. We we're always a, a good team and it was exciting to play for him. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, I keep, keep bringing up coach Martin just cause I just interviewed him and he's talking about yeah. Wally, but he, he, he's in his mind, he said, you know, for me, you know, I could have thought I was playing in the NBA. That's how that's how Wally made it feel. You know, he made it feel special. Is, it, is that would you agree with him? Without, without a doubt, it's exactly like every Friday night, our gym was packed. 
Our yeah. gym was packed. They all came to see us play, and everybody knew who we were. Uh, so yes, he definitely had that on us, and he he was uh, he had very good way to get you to do things like you know a way to get you to go, come out and play and the way to, to go hard and to work on your game uh you know you always made sure that we all went to camps in the summer and stuff like that mm -hmm. so yeah he definitely had a passion for the game and uh, it even bring his friends to play against us yeah no without a doubt that's he certainly had the passion yeah i loved and, and were there any other um mentors you had whether it be as a player or maybe when you first started coaching that uh that were instrumental in kind of introducing you to coaching or to new concepts you had mentioned wally with the passion but were there yeah, any other people know, out there yeah you know the interesting thing was that the very first i started coaching the reason i coached for so long is i started coaching grade 10. okay i coached before that but i won't even count that but great because i was i uh mr downey who coached the varsity girls team knew that i coached soccer and you that play basketball, he said, hey, why don't you come be my assistant? Mm -hmm. So that's how I started coaching. So he taught me a lot, you know, he, uh, especially more about how to deal with people, mm -hmm. which was very important, especially, you know, because I was dealing with older people than myself, uh, you know, grade 11, 12 girls, and I was grade 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, he was very good at teaching me that. And then I, I got a lot of good coaching from my uh, college coaches. Okay. They were what we would call extremely knowledgeable people about the game of basketball mm -hmm. uh like i first had john gerben then it was uh, uh john laven those are two mm -hmm. legends of uh yeah. you know, john laven we all know who john laven is but john gerben was an all canadian at u of m from, from uh, minnesota and then i had bob jackson okay bob jackson who played at lakehead um he was from the states he was one of the most extremely knowledgeable people uh about basketball and I remember, you know, when we go on the road trips, I would always sit in the front because he would be driving the van when I was playing Red River. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would sit right up to him so I could ask him questions because mm. by that time I was coaching quite a bit. And he had always gave me all the answers he knew because he had played uh, a top uh, junior college down there, junior college, and he was all Canadian here. Mm -hmm. And uh, plus he was, whoa, what a player. He was, uh, I know sometimes we play him one-on-one -on -one and basically you you're just collecting the ball when it goes to the basket <laughs> and you, i guess you're handing it off to him to start the play that's what most players were like but yeah yeah, yeah. he was extremely knowledgeable and so were the other the other two were but they were a completely different style so it really opened my eyes up to uh, everything that was going on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and there was uh, there was a, at that time we were very fortunate there were some amazing coaches and i had to write these down because i remember them all they were what we call creators Okay. You know, there's people that most of us in basketball steal something from somebody and maybe make a few adjustments. But these guys were creators. You got a guy like uh, Vic Pruden, you know, mm -hmm. with the conceptual basketball. Right. And you got Dale Bradshaw with the incredible mm -hmm. matchup uh, defense. Right. Yep. And yep. then you uh, had Gary Grupert, man to man, aggressive uh, defense. And it was Bruce Ants with the conceptual. And he had more into the man to man stuff as well. And then there was uh, the other guy from Westwood, Dave Gus. He was mm -hmm. more into um, uh, the two-two-one, back to a two-three zone. So there's so yeah. many different yeah. things there that uh, we went up against that it was great to learn from them. And it, it, they were very generous with uh, sharing things. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were never, you know, and they even like Vic Pruden, who would always kind of support me. You know, mm -hmm. but the one, the guy that really stood out a bit more i guess was bruce ends mm -hmm. you know like i remember when i was a young coach 
at Tech Rock High School. And he realized, you know, he came and talked to me after games. Says, even though he tried to recruit me when I was <laughs> called, I didn't know. <laughs> he still was nice enough to come up to me and say, hey, you're doing a very good job of coaching that team. I was very impressed, which, you know, when you're a young coach, I uh, was coaching a grade 10 team at Tech Rock at the time. That's, hmm. you know, makes a difference to you. But all these people, uh, they all helped me out. For sure. There wasn't for sure. one person, you know, besides, besides Wally at the beginning, there wasn't any one person that did more than others, but uh, mm-hmm. they were all very helpful towards me. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it just sounds like you're saying you, you take a bit bit from everybody and you apply it to your own, you know, your own personality type, your own style, things that you're, you know, things that you value. Um, but the, 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 the list that you named was, I mean, that's a list of legends right there. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. And that, that, yeah. is, that is the legends. And they were, I was lucky because they were coaching or near finishing their coaching when I started coaching. Well, they were also mm-hmm. coaching. So mm-hmm. uh, it was great to, to, to watch them and you learn and you pick up and ask questions. And, you know, I, I was always, uh, this is one of the other things that I, I was always into learning. Mm. And what uh, I know that uh, we used to go to those Minneapolis clinics. And I remember it, I was uh, first, second year playing at Red River College. And I know that John Wooden was appearing in Minneapolis. And I said, I got to go. So <laughs> me and my friend Sam, he was there for the party, not for the basketball. He's not a basketball guy whatsoever. Yeah. So we decided, yeah, we're going. So we leave here. Like we get off work at 10 o'clock at night. We drive all night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get there in the morning. We get there about half hour before the clinic starts. Of course, I've got to go to the clinic. And Sam, mm-hmm. well, I don't know where he went, but he was having a good time. <laughs> but the thing to remember about this is that I actually got to meet John Wooden. Mm-hmm. The next morning, as we're just, you know, half hour before the thing started, there is John Wooden with his wife having, they're about to go have breakfast. Okay. And I ran into them. And I said, I got to get an autograph. You know, for my brother, Paul, I uh, said, so I go up to John Wooden and uh, start asking for an autograph. He says, Joe, why don't you sit here for a couple of minutes? Just hang on, because we're just actually—he was just finishing, his, uh, just waiting for his bill. Okay. So sit here for a couple of minutes. So you know, being the young coach that I am, I go, "Well, yeah, can you tell me about that? You know, one three one offense that you run." And I'll stop. Yeah. Says, Joe, I'm only going to give you one tip, okay? And this will be the best tip you ever get. Oh, okay. I wonder if I can hardly wait to see what this is. You know, it's going to give me the winning mat, man to man offense, whatever. Yeah. So, says, just remember, he said to me. Those people that you're coaching, they're not X and O's. They're people. Mm-hmm. Treat them like people, and you'll be successful in coaching. Yeah. And I definitely took that to heart, and I got my brother the signature from uh, John Wooden, the autograph. So that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But that 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 I mean, that's that's such a cool encounter, and, and the way that he he handled it as well. I say, sit yeah. down, and then giving you that one tip, and that's it's so interesting because that is probably across the board. You know, I've done I don't know. I think we're at interview fifteen, like say, and it's almost unanimous across the board. The people, it's that's what it's really about. It's about the people. Exactly. If you can't connect with the people, they're not going to play basketball for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might, but they're not going to do everything for you. So if you connect with the people, I think your chance of success are so much, so much higher. At least mm-hmm. it happened for me. No, for sure, for sure. And I think that's, I mean, again, like you're dealing with people, it's it's like anything, it's like business, it's like, you know, you've, you're, you've taught, like if if they can identify you with, they, if, if they trust you, they're gonna perform better for you. It's just as simple as that. Exactly, so you're totally right on the money there. I totally agree. 
So, I mean, we mentioned before, like you, I mean, obviously you coached in the MCAC for a long time, Red River, you're now with, with CMU, but you also played in, I don't know what was, what it was called back then, but you played for Red River. So I'm, I'm very curious because I know that for a brief period of time, the league almost didn't exist. And then I heard about these, these times before when it was very strong. And so it's kind of, the league has gone in flux and, you know, as you know, like I used to coach at CMU as well. And so I was involved in that league. And again, it's, it's, it's always in kind of like this flux. So when you were playing, what was it like to play at River River? Who did you guys play against? What were the other teams? Tell me about it. We're very lucky, actually. We're, we're the strong time. Okay. okay, so we play, so we basically played in the Junior Winnipeg League. So this was 21 and under. So UOW has a team. Uh, St. Vital has a team. Uh, South End has a team. North End has a team. So there was about five teams in this Junior League. And it was, it was great. These were all the people, basically, that didn't make uh, – you know, uh, CIS basketball, whatever it was called back then. Yeah. You know, back then you'd only have two or three people that make it for each university. So there wasn't that many, there wasn't like today where the people go play every other place. When I, when I played, they either, they all stayed in Manitoba. So these were pretty good people and up to 21. So we have very competitive league. And then we would uh, also play just like when you coach, we have a lot of exhibition games against, you know, like Botno. Thief River Falls was our major competition. Okay. Uh, we always played them, and it's it was a, actually an honor for me because Chet Engelman, who was the coach when I played, was still alive mm. when I came back to coach at CMU. And then one yeah. day when I was down there, I said, "I got to ask." Said, so "This is Chet Engelman still around?" Because we used to our uh, our coach and their coach were always good friends, and I was friends mm. with their players. We used to hang out sometimes after the games. So they find Chet Engelman, and he comes to the game. No way. Yes. And then he brings wow. one of the players I played against, you know, no 40 years earlier. It was cool. quite amazing because I'll never forget it because every time they scored a basket, bingo! <laughs> <laughs> never forget that. And so that, that that was a thrill. Yeah, so that's what we played. It was a great league, uh, great competition. I mean, you know, UW had a great team. Most Oh, sorry, Junior Bisons were in there as well. I forget that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we had like six teams and it was very, very competitive. So then, so I understand Bison's Westman Red River, but then what were these other like Saint Vitale? Who, where did they play out of? Who was uh, organizing they, they, those things? Them, the Saint Vitale were mostly Dakota Glenlock people hmm. that uh, you know they formed a team and they had a coach. Each team had coach. Like it was really well done. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, if I remember the coaches now, I don't. But oh, I know Dana Erickson was one of the coaches for hmm. Saint Vitale. And Don Lamont was the coach at UW. UVM had different coaches. I know that Randy Cassano did it one year. So, yeah, there was some great coaches and uh, great league, like great, great games. So, then, but like, so those other teams that didn't have an institution connected to them, were, did they somewhat operate kind of like how you would have a senior men's team back in yes. the day? It's like they practiced, they found a their own gym space. Serious. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like take a look at St. Andrew, I mean, those guys are way of but there was the yeah. same idea basically same for idea, people yeah. 21 and under mm-hmm. and they, they they're back then they could go to the national championship and they did go to the national ship i think yes i won a couple junior bison won a couple of times oh there was an under 21 like for this yeah. there was a national yeah. oh okay wow yeah 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 that's yeah, interesting yeah. So, so and then we also played you know you played for the uh college championship so back then it was called the four west so the okay. four Western provinces, we play a playoff against each other. Uh, oh, so like, like, uh, it would be like Saskatchewan and. Yeah. So we would have to, we Alberta. usually we represent, we represent Manitoba every year. Cause there's only, um, 
only, I shouldn't say that, was Brandon and DePaul. That's where the only colleges of our, our competition level. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, all four years we represented Manitoba. And then we would go to these uh, Western Canada championships. And they were all over the place. I remember in the four years, there was two in Alberta, one in BC, and one in Regina. We didn't host one during those four years. And it was all it was great. Uh-huh. Uh, great competition. And we were, you know, we were decently competitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and, uh, yeah, it was even, even more interesting because one year, this is after I finished playing, I'm coaching the women's team there, and uh-huh. then the men's coach quits. Quits, <laughs> you know, about, a, I don't know, a couple of weeks for the end of the season and before. Mm. So I ended up coaching both teams. So it was a really a busy time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a really, really busy time, but it, it was fun. I enjoyed What's it. it? It's interesting. I'm always, you know, again, being that I coached in that league, it's interesting to hear that there was a history of, you know, for, I guess, college or yeah. level below the university level that existed for a long time. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of fluctuated. And, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it hasn't had the same stability, I guess. And, and that's probably partly because there hasn't been a consistent league. Like, you know, of course, if you know, if there if there wasn't a Canada West or if there wasn't a CIS or CIE or U Sport, then, you know, maybe some of those programs at the university level don't stay consistent, but yeah. it seems like that was the one thing when I was there much later as a coach, it was like, because there was no league outside of what existed that was keeping everything together, the programs would like fall and come back very easily because it's, there wasn't something kind of keeping them connected to a larger, uh, larger league or organization. Yeah, no, uh, you know, you're at the time you were there, that was a little bit tougher because we got lucky, I guess, with, uh, you know, our athletic director, Russell Wilms there, who unfortunately just left, he mm-hmm. got us into the North Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, which mm-hmm. was great, mm-hmm. really great. So you basically, I don't know, we had almost 13 or 14 teams in that league. Mm-hmm. And that was provided some really um, great games, great competition. You know, basically every second or third weekend, you're going down to play down there, etc. But obviously we can't do anything like that nowadays. But yeah. yeah no it, it really brought the league back up. Mm. Uh, to uh, being very competitive and very good for the athletes, you know they're getting to play some very good games, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's um, and you probably remember, but going to play in some of these schools, uh, you know they talk about how you so the referees aren't necessarily fair sometimes here or whatever when they play. <laughs> They don't realize what it's like to play in these small towns where <laughs> you got no idea. <laughs> all the fans are totally against you and they're packed because you're the only game in town. Yeah. And you know, if you get to the end of the game, if you don't have a certain number of points up, the drop oh, yeah. the chance of winning are not that great. No, you're right. You're right. No, you know, and I just I can remember one example. We're playing, I'm not gonna go over there, but there was rules about when you can have timeout and when the timeout comes counts. Uh, for your timeout or whether it's a TV timeout. Anyway, we got, let's put it this way, they, we didn't get the benefit of the doubt on that right. one. Uh, so what happens? That, and I asked the ref, so what happened? Well, well that's just the way it is. So then about <laughs> a half, a half an hour later, I'm sitting watching the guy's game and he comes and says, uh, Coach, I have to apologize to you. I go, why? What happened? I says, if we didn't call that timeout uh, to be last your last timeout, then we would have never refed here again. That your their coach went crazy. No way. But, so he admitted to. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, it didn't affect the score, but it did affect. Yeah. Had no more timeouts now. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, for and, sure. And we lost by one, so maybe a timeout that I might have had might have yeah. helped. Me. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just a story. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> really got to be ready. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I've definitely played some games, and like the referee, like, as you mentioned, our guys like they're like they're just in the community. It, it could be in some cases like it's the the, the brother of the coach. brother-in-law of the head, of the coach or the athletic director of that school, yeah. and he's roughing the game, and you're like, wow, like. But I mean, it's those are small communities, and it's kind of is what it is, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it just works. So just gotta go, go with it. And I could give you lots of stories, but I think that's enough. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing. Uh, um, you know, just anyone who, anyone who, anyone who's listening right now that's played in the MCAC is probably knows about Oak Hills. Yes. But if you haven't, it's just uh, you know you've probably have your own stories of this. But like yeah. the the sideline where like you get to inbound, inbounds because yeah. there's no room on the sideline. It's I, such I, a small court and then the people they put seats there and they're yeah. on the court like it's 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 insane it's, it's how small that gym is and plus they have like what are that roots of a plant on one, on one part there yeah <laughs> and one year we had to play our championship there. oh i go oh man <laughs> it was unbelievable yeah, unbelievable yeah, no, that's a, one of the smallest uh craziest gyms i've ever ever, ever played yeah. In. It's, it's, yeah it's also crazy though too right like at the fans yeah. out instead it's just a it's a weird experience yes yeah it's like the twilight zone you're like where am yeah. i is this, are we even playing basketball i don't yeah. know hoosiers hoosiers again yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so i mean you had mentioned uh you know you, you started coaching um uh and uh you know wally was was your coach and you and you said you know you kind of got into the, the game because of him but what just kind of getting into it more why did you start coaching? Because you said, well, you were at Red River, you started coaching. Is it just something that you, you know, you just said, hey, I'm going to do one day? Did someone say, hey, Joe, come back and coach? Like, I, was, what did... I was in grade 10 when I started coaching basketball, but I used to coach soccer before that. So, okay. And I used to, I, I really liked helping people out to develop their game. And I don't know, because yeah. of the coaches I had in the past, they always wanted me to be, I played, you know, you play uh, midfield and soccer, you play, mm. uh, uh, guard and basketball you kind of have to understand the game pretty good mm. so i always wanted to share that with people so that's how i that's how i got into it, it was because because of that and then uh, mr down as i said he uh, he saw that in me he was my teacher he says hey why don't you come be assistant coach and then i i love being the assistant coach and then the next year uh, i got my own team and the next year, actually, that's when I coached Scott Martin. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. And uh, so yeah, you yeah, were no, still in high school when you were when you were coaching. Yeah, I was either like, still in uh, high JV school the year or the that. one year after. Okay. I can't remember okay. exactly, but yeah, I know we had some really good people. That's uh, one of my first, which would have been the second, the next year after that, uh, was we won the championship, and we had one guy. I don't know if you would know him or not, but uh, probably not. But this guy just absolutely. He had, we won 42 to 38 or something okay. like that. But I remember that we had 42. They were four or five points below us. Anyway, this guy got 28 points, okay, <laughs> and five assists. So uh, <laughs> just imagine what a player he was, Bill Dirt. He ended up playing at U of M, and yeah. then he played at uh, SAIT in Alberta, and, uh, and he was actually Canadian All-Star. Okay. And they, well, I think they either won or came second in the national championship. So, you know, that's how it all started with, with that group. And, and Scott Martin was the next year after that. Okay. Well, it's uh, just interesting to see, like, it's all, and I've, and it's, it's kind of weird because 
you, you see this kind of over and over again. Uh, there's a certain personality type that enjoys coaching. Um, I mean, there might, there's, there's not a certain, there's not one, but there's yeah. specific types that typically kind of lean towards coaching. And, and it's, and it's interesting because I've heard from more than one person, you know, the same similar story as you, they, they kind of get thrust into it or fall into it very young. And it just, you know, a coach or a teacher says, Hey, you should be doing this because you have whatever those personality traits that are going to, you know, that could develop into a good coach. So it's, it's interesting. It's almost like it's something that, um, uh, you get called to do, you know, very, very yeah. early on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened because my, you know, how I got into soccer was my old coach got me into it. So it's the same mm-hmm. thing. They obviously saw something in me that I could relate with people and I could get my message across to, to them to be able for them to do things. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what it was. I'm not sure. You know, well, I mean, speaks. Sorry, relaxed. go ahead. And I was pretty relaxed. So maybe that's what they liked about that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said too, and I'm sure maybe you were younger as well. Like you said, you saw the game and then, you know, you said, as you, as you developed later as a coach, like you were always hungry for knowledge and, and to learn. And that's a big part of it because yeah. I mean, it's one thing to want to coach. It's a whole other thing to have the desire to learn because that's the only way you can continue to be a good coach is if you're always learning. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, the way the games change, you have to be constantly changing, constantly changing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, and you also have to be changing how you treat people. You know, True. It's a, a different world when I, when I, you know, like some of the, some of the coaches that I played for, if they were coaching now, I'm not sure how long <laughs> <last coaching. laughs> some of them, some of them might not have jobs at all. Exactly. <laughs> to exactly. be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to kind of shift a little bit. I want to talk about the wit now sure. when I was growing up, you know, and I was in, in high school, the wit was huge. And then later on when I coached, the wit was huge. Um, and it was, it was so cool because you had obviously the best teams in the province. It was a massive tournament. And then you had the teams from outside the province and outside the country sometimes would come to this, this thing. You had the TV crews, uh, obviously tech is, I mean, I'm, I'm going to think right now. Yeah. At least I know for sure back then it was the largest high school as far as stands. So you have a huge, you know, yep. you can pack the stands and, and it was packed for those, you know, the, the final uh, games there. So I want, you know, I'm curious, how would you describe, cause you were so involved in it. How would you describe the wit and its impact in the community to someone who wasn't from Manitoba and they had no idea what it was? You're going to tell them like, oh, this is this tournament. It's awesome. What would you tell them? Well, we try to make it. It's like a festival. Mm. The basketball games were just a part of it. It's not everything. We started, you know, um, I was very fortunate in the tech block, you know, that and it's not an easy term. It's about 300, 400 volunteers that you need to run that thing. Yeah. And we had incredible people. But basically what we try to do is try to make it so the school gets involved it's not mm-hmm. just the basketball team running this or the basketball people that love basketball it's everybody so everybody's mm-hmm. a volunteer like we've realized that when we got going we had about 35 people working there at a time between the tv the stats the, and everything you know the scorekeepers uh, sweepers canteen that's how many people had to work at a time. So we try mm-hmm. to make it a festival. We started early with some events at school. Then during the week of the basketball game of a game of a tournament, every lunch hour we had events in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, from um, what did we have? We have a coaches uh, staff versus students game. <laughs> we had a coaches game. We had a shooting contest game uh, day. You know, uh, we had a dance one day. We had a pep rally another day. So mm-hmm. every day we had something going that involved the whole school. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And then during the games, we had an event that every halftime, mm-hmm. you know, we had the two ball, we had the Pepsi hot shots. Uh, yep. 
what else? We had a bunch of other, oh, cheer for pizza, which actually was Scott's idea. Uh, you know, where the biggest fan, the fans that cheer the loudest, the yeah, group yeah. that cheers the loudest gets 10 free pizzas. Yeah, so yeah. It, that's what we try to make. We try to make it a big festival. We had a, you know, a coach's hospitality uh, evening at a different, we wouldn't be in the school, be somewhere else. So you can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not just about the basketball. You get to meet the coaches and all the volunteers get to come, the adult ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so it was, it was, that's what we try to make it. And I thought we were so lucky to have so many good people that volunteered to help, like, you know, like the broadcasting. I mean, that is like, they spent four days and four nights there. Plus they had to be ready for two nights before getting everything set up down there. You know, we were, we were the first to have live broadcasts, uh, live stats online for any tournament Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. high school in North America. And then we were the first to go. Uh, and do it actually live, webcast the games. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, uh, our IT program was incredible. Like, and they'd always come up with ideas. Joe, can we do this? I go, oh, of course we can do that. <laughs> Anything that puts us further on, and you know, like uh, Bill McCure, uh, uh, Greg Link, uh, Dino Di Fabrizio, these guys were just amazing. They just came up with new ideas. Then we had the play things in the broadcast department, mm-hmm. just coming up with things and we had the graphic arts coming up with all the beautiful signage that you saw in the gym. You know, everybody in the school got involved, marketing, made up science. It was, I was so proud of uh, all these people. So lucky to be working mm-hmm. with so many good people. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a thrill to, to do that. And as I said, the other thing that you talk about that most people see is like the good teams that we brought in. We always try to yeah. get the top local teams and we try yep. to get the top teams from these other places whether they be mm-hmm. Toronto, Calgary. And then we got fortunate. We started getting a bunch of American teams. Mm-hmm. And they loved coming here. They loved coming here. And to get them here, my, oh, I had to fill out so much paperwork. <laughs> so the Canadian teams, yeah, okay, they registered with yeah. the province. They're good to go. American yeah, yeah. teams, because everything down there is the rating, right? How are you mm-hmm. rated at the end of the year? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to sign all these papers. Okay, they played uh, Glenlawn, and they had 450 students. 319 males, 145 females. It was like, (laughs) but it was well worth it. And all those coaches were great. The American coaches were, I'm good friends with with two of them still that came up Mm -hmm. and they always try to chat a couple of times a year. Great people. And they just loved coming here. And they brought a lot of fans with them too. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, do you have a a specific year or a a memory from the wit, whether it be on the court or or off behind the scenes that just stands out? Because I know there were so many great games, great players. Is there one game that just you always remember that one game from from the tournament, whether you were playing in it or or not, just like it happened at the wit? I'll give you three games real quick. All right. One that stands out probably the most is one that where sister was Scott Martin was coaching. And to beat the team from the stage was like 110 to about 103 or 104. Just an incredible game. Because those in guys the had, never been, they had never been beaten up here. Okay, so this is the final the final game, championship final game? game? Yeah, it was just an awesome game. Then there were two other games. One where, uh, where I was coaching and we lost on the last second by one point and the guy hit it from center. Guy from no BC. Way. Yeah. And then the other highlight is when we won it. And that was the first time that uh, Tech Fox, they've only known and won it twice. It was the first time that they ever won it. So it was a really, uh, you know, guys like Jamie Ude, and I had a guy named uh, Steve Berg, who was named the MVP. Yeah. And this yeah. guy, you would never think of him as the the basketball 
guy that we see nowadays. Yeah. This yeah, guy, yeah. you know, he was, uh, if he could get in trouble somewhere, he'd find a way to get into it. <laughs> but when it came to playing basketball, oh my, like, I mean, when it came to getting rebounds, nobody would get the mm-hmm. rebound of this guy. And he was named the MVP. And I had, uh, you know, Kip Davidson and Alex and uh, Max. It was just an amazing thing. And the fans come on the court. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was oh. awesome. Those, so those are my three highlights from there. The fans rushed the court when you guys won. Oh they, yeah, yeah, it was. That's crazy. awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, well, I have a memory um, from from the wit, not 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 me playing personally, but I was watching, or a, the clip went around, and it was when you had the dunk contest, and right. I don't know who it was, they broke that. the broke the backboard. Yes, that was the amazing thing. Okay, I can tell you, <laughs> it happened three times, but you know we were ready, and uh, I don't know if you. I showed that in the game, but we had the, this is what we talk about teamwork. We had the auto shop. We had, we bought, always had an extra backboard. Yep. We had the auto shop with all their tools ready. So as soon as it happened, bang, within 10 minutes, they were back up. That's like I got amazing. all the coaches, Freddie, what are we going to do now? Can we play side courts? I said like, what? Just hang on a minute. I said, these guys will get it down. I says, oh, you know, because most pure coaches, as we call them, don't like the dunk contest, right? Yeah. yeah. Wasting too much time. It's like that. But they don't realize that we are there to entertain the fans, not just the players. Exactly. Yeah, that happened a few times. And, and you know what's so even more amazing? You find that, you know what people did? They went to the garbage and picked up pieces of that. Yeah, 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 for sure. We go out there, there's almost nothing left. Because <laughs> everyone's crapping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was, uh, that's quite the memory. Though Those ones were quite uh, amazing. Those dunk cards, and there were some incredible dunkers too, which was awesome. Wait, but you, you said it happened more than once? Yes. The, the breaking of the glass? Like in yes. the dunk contest or, or in, in the, the, in, in, in the, the always in the dunk contest? Always in the dunk contest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's... But we were say we're ready, and uh, the, yeah. I got to thank you know the auto shop there, Paul, Denny, and Moody, and uh, well, the other guy I forget, but they just over there, boom, ready to go, and uh, we got yeah. it back up. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's and that's rare, you know. I think that's that's. I, I don't think there's many other schools that could pull off that. That no. I mean, there aren't any. I don't think there's any other high schools that could pull it off, and because of the type of programs that existed at the school, um, you're able to do all those things, all those ancillary things, not just basketball, you know, like, and everything was high end. It was just like, it was so well done. They they all took pride in it. Very, like all of our students and staff took pride in it. Uh, You know, there was very few teachers that weren't somehow involved, which is Hmm. hard, you know, to do nowadays. And, but they did it and the students were there. If you take a look at some of the, go to TechVoc alumni web sites or Facebooks, Mm-hmm. always one of the main experiences coming to wit whether they were yeah. there working or whether it was there yeah. as a fan yeah so that's so yeah. cool that's cool what a, what a legacy no it's, yeah, it's so i really enjoyed that that was fun times for sure Hard, long for sure. hours because i don't remember one time <laughs> have my, you go to the coach's room at night and you stay there pretty late and then in the morning i have this uh what's yeah. it called it what's it called back then vpw or whatever no it wasn't then it was uh shaw or was it was the other station anyway they would come there and okay. do breakfast and I had to be there before five thirty because the show started six, <laughs> and then you got to oh, go wow. the whole day. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. And even I'll even give you one story on there. My daughters were born on the first day of wit. No way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a very good, uh, interesting story here. So what happens is I know uh, there's lots of problems with the pregnancy, so they tell me tomorrow it's going to happen. Mm. So. It's a good thing I have everything ready. Like I can't even go to the pep rally because that's actually just before the pep rally, the kids were born. Yeah. 
So then I go to uh, to the uh, get my kids are born, an awesome, awesome uh, event in my life, obviously. Yep. Then uh, in the afternoon, when everything is good, it's clear. So I go at WIT. When WIT starts, I stay there, go to the hospitality room, get it started. Then bang, I'm back to the hospital, you know, till about one or two. I go home, yeah. sleep three or four hours, and back <laughs> at the hospital. Oh, wow. <laughs> you go back and you're working. Lunchtime, I, I got to run the events. Then I, in the afternoon, I get I get able to sneak out for about an hour, go back to the hospital, run the game, hospitality <laughs> room go back to the hospital and this happened in the very first day of with right so it's like yeah days of uh yeah so that was a very momentous uh occasion what a what a year that was no kidding no kidding yeah. well see it's it's interesting my my uh you know kind of sticking in the in the in the same uh area here i was going to ask you about uh memorable moments but i was going to ask you about um maybe some of the more memorable players that you've coached because i mean again Coach so many players. And whenever I ask this question, I think uh, coaches naturally default to like talented players and not always, not always. I mean, we've had some from the answers that were not the most talented, but um, when I ask you that question, you know, who are some of the most memorable? And again, I know, you know, you try to think, I don't want to offend anyone, but there's yeah. always p- people that are going to stand out and, it's, and, and it isn't always because they're the best player, right? Maybe they just had an impactful moment. Maybe they were special in some other way. But when I ask you that question, you know, yeah, who are yeah. some people that come to mind? Yeah, it's interesting because, I, as I said, I coached at different levels. So I'm going to try and uh, come up with something that I remember from each era. But similar, you know, like I said, Bill Gurney, hmm. when I coached the young kids, was one. Then when I coached at Tech Vogue, one of the most interesting people ever to I've coached is a guy named Clive Griffiths. Okay. Uh, he was amazing. He had a persona that is just incredible. Uh, I mean, he had a kid in grade 10. Okay, just hmm. so... Uh, but he just had life to him. He just made the game of basketball. And that's what I always try to do. I try to have fun. I tell these kids have fun. This guy had fun playing basketball. He loved it. Like, I mean, you might be dribbling the ball and you might say, oh, what happened? They got a layup. I thought I had the basketball. That's how quick he was. <laughs> and he, okay. uh, he, uh, he was just amazing. If I would let that guy go, he probably could have got 35 a game. Really? You know? But without any problem, like if we had some of the one-on-ones that most people run, we just play a team game. And, you know, I think he scored in the 30s a couple of times, but he was always happy, always a, a team person. But he was a skinny, wiry little thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, about 6'1", just all bones. And then he played at UW for a year. And now he's a fitness trainer. He does, I think half the BC Lions train with him. Oh, no. no so way. He, he's one so of he's the, not skinny anymore. No, no. <laughs> he's scared to run into him now. <laughs> oh, he's got his own gym, and yeah, yeah, he's uh, doing great. And then, so that was a. Uh, I had a, actually another really good player that stands out. Uh, I mentioned Steve Bird, but there's another guy in that era, Jamie Ude, who was just uh, uh, spectacular. Like he was a big man, about six mm-hmm. five. In that, back at that time, uh, that was pretty good for me. That was incredible, actually, because the year, some of the yeah. year one, our tallest player was six feet. So <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we got Jamie, and he was like, yeah, and he. I remember the big thing. He hit uh, in the semifinals. He hit two free throws with no time left at the clock for us to win. It was win the semifinals at that time. Yeah. And then ended up winning afterwards, but yeah, he's uh, like that. I'm just trying to think. Well, there were so many others. Like, I mean, Julius Eugene was amazing. Uh, we had a guy, Werner Witcher. Uh, wow. <laughs> what a name. What a name. Yeah. And like, he was tough. I remember we had two guys on our team that were, they've just, you know, they like to cause problems. Uh, mm-hmm. 
at Tech Vogue, we had these guys that were led an exciting life. Uh, <laughs> and they thought they could bug him. <laughs> and they were doing it. So finally one day, he's a big, strong man, about six one, but all muscle. He picks them mm. both up and smashes <laughs> them against the wall and Come says, on. I've had enough. Next one is going to be a lot harder. <laughs> you know, and after that, they left him alone. Uh, but I had, another, oh, I forgot another guy on that team. What we call, I call this guy a money player. I've had a few in my life. Uh, Ron Burley. Okay. This kid here, great player. He won three provincial championships with me. Uh, he, because uh, he, he, I coached in grade 10, 11, and 12. He, during the season, you know, he would average like his 10 points a game, maybe mm-hmm. eight rebounds a game. But if you were to look at all the championship games, he's doubled in output in all three games. No way. When the big game came, holy, this guy would be, would be there. Like Ron was uh, just amazing. And uh, yeah, and there was uh, well, Jason Chop was one of the most talented players I've ever coached. Just uh, he played at U of W as well. Just a, an extremely intelligent basketball player. Mm-hmm. Came out this other guy, Brian Trickett. They could just read each other's minds kind of thing. It was just amazing. Um, then I'm going to talk about my internationals. And, uh, you know, that's one of my, my favorite things, you know, coaching my two daughters for a mm-hmm. long time at the internationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, then um, and a lot of their friends, a lot of their friends, they all live, used to live here. It was, it was such a treat to coach them for so long. And we were able, you know, being one of the first clubs, I remember one of the highlights was we won this big AAU tournament, which at that time was like, Nowadays, you know, it's different. Yeah. Back then, uh, winning an AAU tournament was a big deal. And I remember Cassie, uh, what was Cassie? Cassie Ordonez. He had a, a mm-hmm. bucket at the end of the game, you know, with one second left. And we ended up winning by one, which was like, you know, unbelievable. That was in Fargo. I'll never forget that that day. Yeah. And then another, another year later, I think, we lost in the Minnesota final by one point. Okay. And uh, I remember Sierra Bob had an incredible game. And uh, Stephanie Naroda played for us. No, Stephanie Clayson. She yeah, had yeah. an incredible game. You know, uh, I was so blessed with that group. Really blessed. I forgot one other set of group of people. And this is probably the group that put hard work into it. Uh, I coached a provincial team. So what okay. happened was the year before, they were 19 and under at the time. The year before, a lot of them had gotten themselves into trouble. Okay. For whatever they did, they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I only have one player back, but that player happens to be Jeff Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. a bad deal. Not anyway, a bad deal at all. No. So we uh, we decided that you know our practice is usually seven to nine at Tech Vogue most of the time. And you know, I said the kids, so oh, if you guys want to come early, I'm going to be here early. So I used to come 15, 20 minutes early. And I start noticing I'm always late. I'm always one of the last ones here. <laughs> so I start coming in at 6.30. Some people are still beating me. Anyways, I think we came up to about quarter after six. That's when most of them came. And wow. they worked so hard. So hard. And uh, Jeff was definitely the leader of that group. He would not let those people quit. And he would just... And, you know, he, he never took any prisoners. I mean, he was, he was going to play you tough. No matter if you were the nicest, sweetest person, you better be ready for Jeff. Mm -hmm. Because that's the type of guy he was. And, uh, you know, we had some, uh, we did incredibly well. Uh, We, um, it was a game. I'll never forget. We were Quebec and they had two national team members on the team. They were Mm -hmm. up 30 something to five. 
I remember I called time out. I wasn't happy. <laughs> and Jeff, he never spoke up during the thing. He finally, you know, he just said, like, guys, are we going to play? Or are we just going to give him the game? Something, you know, it wasn't like yeah. uh, some, but he just basically t- spoke. And mm-hmm. they all came out there, and uh, we ended up winning that game. No way. Yes, and I remember uh, Bob, Jim Heighton, no, Bob Heighton, the son, scored two free throws yeah. uh, to win the championship, uh, to win that game at the end of the game. Then we had wow. We actually ended up losing in the final to Ontario by one and Ontario at the time. And we had a shot to win it. We lost it. We didn't put it in. But at that time, it was not like it is nowadays. Ontario used to have all their good uh, players. Yeah. Yeah. And Kaiser, uh, uh, Vassal, Keith Vassal mm-hmm. was with them. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch mm-hmm. of others. And the guys played. Um, that was one of the most overachieving teams I have uh, ever had. I mean, these guys have one player back. All people were younger. The we were awesome. all high school kids, but their work ethic was the dream for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when they came early, they were just weren't there sitting around, you know. Uh, they were working hard. I would give them something to work on, and they would, you know, spend that whole time. And I was, you know, luckily, and I'm um, just got to go to my next group now. I'm just trying to remember. Well, then I guess the CMU would be my uh, next group, but I've been so blessed there with so many great people, uh, you know, starting with Cassie Weeb, who was just a, uh, she, oh, she was there just after you left, just a awesome mm-hmm. four years. She even coached us a couple of years. She's now coaching high school. And then after Jessica, uh, Mark's handle, uh, just a fantastic uh, player that really helped us. And uh, she's also another one of those money players. Mm-hmm. You coach her for mm-hmm. your life. She's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole year she went, uh, where she was like getting maybe, you know, six, 10 points a game. Yeah. Maybe six, yeah. 10 rebounds a game. And that, then we lost. I remember we lost, we we're playing in the final and we lost four starters before that. Uh, so I told Jessica, Jessica, if you don't play, uh, you know, we're done. <laughs> Cause mm. I didn't have too many others that could score. So uh, anyways, Jessica went 23 and 18. Like just, wow. I'm not exactly sure, but that's exactly what she did. You know, so, yeah. and, and she did that another year too. So she was what we call a, you know, like a, a money player. And now mm-hmm. I, I actually have a couple of other ones that are there that are, you know, they've been with me four years. Uh, you know, Julia Sadkowski has been a league MVP twice. And, and then we got Shalisa uh, uh, Pio, uh, who are, is also another player that just, worked so hard when I first recruited her I wasn't even looking at her I just came mm-hmm. to, I went to watch a game to watch a player on the other team and I saw her play and I said, oh, she's got potential she's got potential she's yeah. got the left hand but she's got potential <laughs> <laughs> anyway she's turned out to be an incredible player like the other day what did she get she was one steal short of a quadruple double no way at our level is pretty pretty that's incredible a, that's a, that's impressive yeah, yeah. absolutely so that those are some of the players that stand out. I, as I said, I've been so lucky and blessed and to have so many great players. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been fun. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you coach that long. I mean, there's just going to be a list and list of players that you yeah. could mention. And that's why it's always like I ask that question at the risk of some people being offended or forgotten. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, I think it's an important question to kind of, you know, ask and, and, uh, I love hearing. I love hearing the answers. I know you. I know you could. I know you could. 
yeah, I know yeah. you could. So we have I have a few more questions before before we finish up. Sure. Now, uh, this next one here, um, yeah. I just want to kind of know what, what what you know one of your funniest basketball stories is. Now, you know something's probably coming to your mind right now, but I'm going to cue you on something that I. If you have a story, hold it in your mind, and I sure. want you to tell me that story. But before that, um, I want you to tell me about the story about when security tried to stop you at the airport. <laughs> so your, your team got through, but they weren't letting you through. So I wanted to can you give me some more, you know, I, a little birdie told me about this and I want to hear what the full sure. story from your perspective, what happened? Were you okay. smuggling stuff? What's going on? Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> no. So we were, uh, we were in California to play. And uh, so we come back across the border uh, in Edmonton, actually. And so, uh, you know, there's two people stopped. Of course, they stopped me. So I get taken to this room. <laughs> and uh, this customs officer stops me and uh, starts going through my stuff. But not, she's not happy. She's got to check into everything. Like, I mean, what I mean by everything is they opened up, you know, all the socks, all the pants, all the pockets. Like, it's not just checking for yeah. stuff. They're checking into absolutely everything. And I know that she got into my, oh, I could say it. I had some stuff that I hadn't washed all week that you know, <laughs> And she said, what is in here? I said, well, I told her what was in there. I says, she said, can you open it? I said, no, you can open it. Anyway, <laughs> to make a long story short, uh, I think I was there for 40 minutes. And I had, you know, all of my players at the window. Yeah. I said, I've got 10 minutes. Those people there can't leave without mm -hmm. me. I'm the only adult with them. Yeah. So if you want to keep me here and you found absolutely nothing, you took my socks apart, my shoes, <laughs> took the things off, everything. I said, why are you keeping me here? And uh, she was not cooperative. So I said, I want to talk to your manager. So wow. fortunately, uh, the manager uh, said, no, you got to let him go. And they let us go because uh, we just barely made it on the plane. But like, yeah. So, oh, so this is you're going to, come, to come LA or to California. Ca Okay. California okay, gotcha. was landing in Edmonton, coming back yeah. to Winnipeg. And then, okay, so you're transferring. I got gotcha. yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was a, quite the event. <laughs> why, why? You just happen to be the random. Hey, we got, we're doing a random search, and you, you're it. I've been stopped a number of times for that. I guess I don't know why, but I guess I was the only adult. I'm not sure what what it was, but yeah, it was a very. <laughs> and you know, like I, I've, I don't know if you've been checked, but I'm. I mean, they checked everything. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. They took my sh the soles off my shoes, everything off. Like, it's just like, I'm going like, how much more can you do? Like, I only have one suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> you had to just go through everything piece by piece. Wow. And look wow. for in the suitcase if there was any uh, thing hidden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. And, and so when I asked you that question, did any other story come to mind? Hey, this is a, this is a, uh, what well, is a basketball story, but it's not really basketball. So this, uh, this is more to do with my friend, Bruce Ends. Mm -hmm. So we're at the nationals in Regina. And, uh, so I was there with Bruce and Dave Gus, and he had a friend from BC. So we go decided we had nothing that morning. He says, let's go golfing. So we go golfing. So when we're out golfing, uh, Bruce doesn't have the golf club. So he rents a set of clubs. Great. Says, oh, they're just around the corner there. Just take them. So he gets his set of golf clubs. We go to the tee box. He says, wow, can you believe leave this? I got almost a brand new set of TaylorMade. <laughs> wow, this is fantastic. I go, that's good for you. Like, you know, and it was a pretty high-end golf club. So we figured, oh, probably right. So 
And they said, oh, look, there's even golf balls and tees in here they gave me. <laughs> this is fantastic. So, okay, we play one hole. We're on the second hole, and we see this guy running at us, <laughs> screaming, you got my golf clubs. You got my golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so turns out that we had taken the wrong clubs. He had taken the wrong clubs. Wow. So then we, uh, you know, we give the golf club back and then some pro comes out and gives us the right clubs. And we thought the story was over. So then mm -hmm. after the, the, the golf game, we go upstairs. We're going to have something to drink and eat, whatever. So then, uh, oh, Bruce, you know, being the university coach and us being uh, high school nobodies, says, okay, I'll, I'll treat you guys. Okay, mm -hmm. good. So uh, he goes up to pay and he comes right back. He says, I have no wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so he had left the wallet in the golf bag. Oh, wow. <laughs> And well, it even got worse for him because I think uh, he didn't get the wallet till the next day, and he needed a wallet that night because he he had some other event where he needed some stuff mm -hmm. from his wallet. So mm -hmm. it turned out to be a crazy day for good old Bruce, but it was a lot of fun. Wow, wow, yeah. that's that's a good one. So you, the reason why I like that one is because most of the time, people, like I like I always preface and I say hey, it doesn't have to be an actual basketball game. Most people tell yeah. an actual basketball story, so this was a, I love this one because it was completely different. It involved basketball people, but it was. Yeah. Just yeah, a good yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it was it was a lot funnier than I probably told the story, but uh, you had to be there because this guy was mad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> these prime, these premium golf clubs and balls, and thinking that you're stealing them. Yeah, he might have had his wallet in there. I'm not sure. We, we never checked for that, but you know, he came in there, and yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, and the other thing you know that I always wanted to talk about was I I had some awesome assistant coaches along the way. I mean, yeah. Probably uh, John Taylor, who's probably the best post coach of all time in Manitoba, for sure. He was with me for a while. He coached the junior team. And, you know, the three coaches I have now have been there for the whole time. Almost my uh, Mike Wilson, Marius Timmerman, and Jesse, uh, Jessica, Sherry Carmona Galdavez. Very mm -hmm. fortunate thing. I had Dave Schaefer, a whole my brother uh, helped mm -hmm. me coach. Uh, and and uh, Ryan Taylor, some great, great assistant coaches that have. And the thing about most, uh, all of my sister coaches, they had a lot of fun. I mean, mm -hmm. we have fun. If we're not having fun, then we have to change something. We're doing something not uh, too well. So that's what we try. Yeah. And I try to get coaches that are, are a lot of fun and really enjoy the game and enjoy being with people. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you kind of mentioned that from the start. It's like the the, the fun factor, right? Like if yeah, you're yeah. Doing yeah. it, there should you should enjoy yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean. Together. And that's the thing. You spend so much time with these people. And like you said, it is about people. That's yep. kind of what it is about. Right. And so yep. surround yourself with people that, that uh, you enjoy and, 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 and that enjoy you, I think is so important. So yep. I, you know, I have one last question here, Joe. Um, now you're obviously a, you know, basketball lifer, like we started off the podcast and it's like, yep. you've been pretty much, you've been coaching for 50 years. Okay. So yep. you're a basketball lifer. Obviously, you know, you have other interests, you obviously golf, yep. play soccer, whatever, but basketball has been a huge part of your life for sure and so if you could give a message to younger people who are involved in the game right now and you could kind of speak to all of them in manitoba you can kind of you know implant a message or a philosophy or something into their mind what would that be well especially with uh, what happened the last couple of years really enjoy the game enjoy their experience uh you know whether you'll be coaching or whether you're playing enjoy it because you never know when that could end 
or could mm -hmm. be taken away from you. You know, like that Jessica girl I'm talking about, she didn't get to play her last year because, mm -hmm. you know, she got a job and she, you know, she, she didn't get to play her last year because of that. And a lot of other people are the same way. So really enjoy it. And uh, just like we've been talking about all along is really remember that the people you play with a lot of time become your best friends for life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as a coach, you got to remember that these people, just like uh, John Wooden told me is these people are people, you know, they're not X's and O's. I know we, a lot of basketball, a lot of coaches, a lot of time we get so focused on X's and O's. Remember they're people. Mm -hmm. X and O's is mm -hmm. great, mm -hmm. but it's people, uh, you know, people say, well, why don't you do this? Well, you can realize, yes, we would love to do that, but these people can't do that. Yeah, exactly. You have to do this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I would say, but just enjoy it. And it's uh, the basketball community is such a great community uh, mm -hmm. and everybody's there to help you. I uh, like it. Everybody's so uh, helpful. And especially nowadays, you know, back in my day, you know, besides the people that I talked about, I had to go to these, you know, uh, a basketball clinics in Minneapolis or somewhere mm -hmm. like that to get knowledge, right? Uh, nowadays, there's so much on the internet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. You don't have to do that much as, a, as we had to do back then. I'm not yeah. being that. I think that's a positive. That's a great thing. It's not, yeah. I'm not treating it as a negative. I think that's a wonderful thing. And you need to do that. And it's good to uh, bounce your ideas off other people as well. You know, mm -hmm. ask other people, what, you know, what do they think? What, what can we do? So mm -hmm. I think those are good. I want to, I got, I forgot a story. Yeah. Shoot. My, my parents, they never watched me play, but they were always the most supportive people and always, uh, you know, being the, uh, whatever I want to do, they would support me. And they were absolutely awesome parents. They were my role models. Mm -hmm. But I remember since they never came to see me, they kind of thought I should be working, not playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so they go, <coughs> well, like, what do we get out of this? I said, well, you know what? said so this weekend, I think this game, I think I got, I think I was a top scorer. So my name's going to be in the paper, right? Oh, great. That'd be awesome. We'd like to see that. So, <laughs> you know, Joe DeCurs, you look in the paper, it says Jim Duzio scored whatever <laughs> points. They go, well, where, where are you again? Jim. Jim Duzio. That's what they call me. Duzio, wow. That. Wow. <laughs> so I guess you never cut out that clipping. I think I have it somewhere. I just gotta find it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it was amazing. No, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. Um, I think, I think the your lesson and and kind of like your story, like you said, is like enjoy what you're doing. Um, you know, a lot of people will will love basketball, and then they realize they're not they're not actually enjoying the coaching part. There's something missing there, and I think a lot of that is a choice. Like you can actually say, "What am I doing?" Like, I, change the way I approach things. And I think that's, you know, if you're, if you are someone listening and you're like, yeah. I love coaching, but I'm just, I'm always tired and I'm like grumpy and something's missing. Like, of course you're going to be tired sometimes. Of course yeah. you're going to work hard sometimes, but I think, you know, you should always be excited and, and, and enjoy. Um, and I think, I, I think, I think it was uh, coach Martin. And again, like, it's interesting. You guys have this very close uh, connection with Wally and then he, you coached him. And he said yeah. very much the same thing. He said, kind of surround yourself with you know, like people you enjoy and like yeah. enjoy yourself. And, and, and if you do that, you're going to, you're going to enjoy the journey. I think that's exactly. important. Yeah. Well, you so gotta, I, I appreciate You got to enjoy. Yeah. You got to exactly surround yourself with people that you want to be with, that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's long. These are long, long seasons basketball. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're not enjoying it, it's tough.
Exactly. If you're not enjoying it also, why would you, why are you doing it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. so you have to really question. Maybe, maybe it's maybe coaching isn't for you. You know, if you're exactly, not enjoying yeah. it and there's something missing, it, but there's other things you can do. You can ref. Um, yeah. You can always keep playing. I mean, there's other and, ways. And sometimes you can go become an assistant coach. Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah. Uh, you know that's what sometimes you find these coaches that go from you know playing to becoming head coaches. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it might not be a bad idea to become an assistant and see how things are done. And you don't have as much responsibility. So mm-hmm. then you can just focus more on the coaching and people part instead of worrying, okay, how are the kids going to get there? Do we have to do any fundraising? You know, who's going to take the stats and all this stuff. So if you go as an assistant coach, you know, when I coach at UW with Bill Wetlake, it was so easy. I just went there and coached. Exactly. I never worried about yes. anything else. That was great. And then there's other things people can do. I mean, you've, you're a great example of that. Like even, you know, being involved with the wit, like, Hey, get If maybe you just want to help out and be involved in a tournament, help out. There's lots of tournaments that are happening. Go volunteer. There's lots of ways to be involved in the game. It doesn't have to be coaching there's other things you can do. So, um, yeah, I think that's great, Joe. We're going to end it there. I appreciate you taking the time and, um, well, uh, hopefully, uh, (laughs) when I come back to Winnipeg, I would love to be watching a game I haven't seen an MCAC game. I haven't been in the CMU gym in, in years, so it'd be really good to see you in person. See a coach. We'll welcome you back with open arms. That? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Okay, you take care. Thank All you. Right. Take care. Okay, bye bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share this series, and reach out to us with your comments on the show. Thanks again for joining us.